0: Hey guys, I am Richa, your host for today. Welcome back to College Time Presents Career Brew. There is no fairy tale, no happily ever after. The harder you work, the more you learn. What you are about to hear is a true account, speaking loud and clear of failures being temporary and transient in the greater story of life. Another take, perhaps on a slightly different trajectory from science, is a surprising faith and reform through spirituality. Introducing to you, Barun Singh. As he shares his journey through VNIT, IIM, Ahmedabad, Harvard and many more. So, let his experience inspire us today. Hi, Barun.
1: Hi, Richa. How are you?
0: I'm great. How are you?
1: All well. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me on this uh, podcast.
0: It's our pleasure. Hope you have fun.
1: Oh, yeah. I hope uh, even the listeners have great fun and have something important to take back uh, from today's podcast.
0: Yeah, they definitely will. So how has the lockdown been for you?
1: So, uh, frankly, lockdown has really been an opportunity, if you ask me, because I'm a person who really enjoys learning. Okay, like each day of my life has always been a new learning experience. And uh, during this lockdowns, so there are many things that I actually uh, went back to in life. You know, for example, extensive reading, for example, seeing uh, uh, COVID as a business opportunity. So, well, yeah, I think uh, it's been nice. But then, of course, there's been a lot of negativity around it. And uh, so, I think uh, I've just stopped using social media after that. So, yeah, I think uh, lockdowns have been fairly okay. And, you know, incidentally, just before the lockdowns, I had come to VNIT in February.
0: Oh, so how was that? What did you do in VNIT? Anything new you learned that changed over the years?
1: Uh, So, I uh, came for access 2020. And that is the reason I was there. And it was really nice meeting uh, young people and a lot of uh, good energy from them. Lots to learn, actually. So we did an event there. And uh, within that event, I think lots of very particular, you know, insightful discussions I had and I really enjoyed it.
0: That's amazing. So now since we have come to the topic of VNIT, we've (laughs) heard lots of wild stories about people ending up in engineering. How did it go for you?
1: Oh, so uh, engineering, I think it was quite clear to me. Uh, So my uh, Nanaji, uh, he... uh, was one of the first few engineers. So he graduated from uh, IIT Roorkee. At that time, it wasn't called IIT. Uh, also, my uh, grandmother, Nani, uh, she has been one of the first people who did a diploma way back then. She also has a photo with Kamla Nehru and all that. So I was always very inspired uh, by them. So when we went for vacations, we always used to work on some working models, for example, aeroplanes or cars or something or the other dams, bridges, this, that. And that creativity, you know, is still there. And I think uh, that is something that has always inspired me to look at things from the point of view of mathematics and physics. So it was quite a, you know, it's not a very wild story there. It's it's a very simple, uh, sober story why I chose uh, engineering and that to mechanical engineering.
0: I mean, I feel like that's a great story, having a family to inspire you towards understanding what you like and what you'd like to follow.
1: I absolutely agree with you. It's always important to have some inspiration, you know.
0: Talking about uh, VNIT, can you tell us about your journey throughout VNIT, some experiences that you could share with us?
1: (laughs) Wow. So, VNIT, uh, thanks for this question, you know. VNIT, uh, frankly, like I think best four years of my life and so if i take you down uh, memory lanes there are lots of things that i did in vnit Uh, so for example i was a convener of access 10 and uh, access 10 is the only access which was held for four days so uh, we brought uh, brought in world cube organization we did tedx vnit uh, for the first time so there are lots of many things that i involved myself in so for example as a campus reporter. I used to write for V Life. Then I was also uh, the president of Mechanical Engineering Society. I don't know if it's still there, if it's still operating. So right from I think day one, Vnit, something or the other, I always kept myself busy and like the more you do, I think the more you learn. And yeah, I think that was really wonderful.
0: It does seem so. Like all your extracurriculars seem to be in line. You have learned. You say you have learned a lot throughout Vnit. But, like, we've all heard this emphasis on having a flawless grade card. Forget emphasis. We're going through it right now. So, what was your experience managing the co-curricular life along with your academic life?
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. So, have you watched uh, Richard Quentin Tarantino movies?
0: Um, No, I haven't. Okay.
1: So, uh, the best part about their movies, uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino movies, are that... Uh, every third word will be an F word okay? okay and if you look at my grade card like every third grade is an F grade <laughs> so so if you ask me uh, like I had like nine re-exams and one practical back, and not that something that I'm very proud about or you know something that you should really do but are grades important well frankly yes they are if uh, you see the world today's world it's very transactional. But that does not mean that, for example, if uh, for some reason or the other, you slipped and you fell and you didn't really get good grades, does not mean that uh, you cannot really you know do well. So, yeah, I think uh, that, that aspect about grades, there is a lot of uh, emphasis uh, that is put on grades, on academic life. And I think it's important because that shows your academic abilities and rigor, you know, how well can you do with respect to handling uh, let's say a math problem or any problem in general so yeah i mean
0: yeah you put it very rightly that it is important but it is not like it's the end of the world if you don't perform as per your expectations
1: so richa in fact i would like to add to this the thing is that uh, if you look at one outcome which is let's say uh, recruitment which happens uh, in third year also for internships and uh, Final year for, uh, of course, a job. Yeah. And there you will see that many times, what happens is people really look at uh, not just your marks, but also how a holistically developed person you are. Okay. So, for example, if you cannot articulate your ideas well, if you if you don't really have a good attitude, I think that's really a red flag. Then, but otherwise, if you have good attitude, but probably you do not have very good grades, but still you can really do well and, you know, end up with some interesting job which you can get post-campus. Right.
0: So, would you say that your journey in VNIT, all the co-curriculars and the access that you handled were a big hand in your job position or the placements you managed to get?
1: So, uh, it's not really about the activity that you do. It's more to do with what is it that you are learning from that activity. You know, uh, you can frankly do so many things on campus. There are more than, I think, thousand things that can really be done. There are so many clubs, there are so many uh, events, there are so many activities that you can actually start, you know. In fact, whatever you are good at, something which doesn't really exist on campus, you can start that also. What I would say is, what is more important is, Are you really learning something every day from whatever you're doing? It could mean, for example, for somebody, learning could mean uh, just the textbook. But then, like I said, most people, most companies actually look for people who uh, have a holistic development, who've actually developed well in terms of, of their personalities and attitudes. So, therefore, just a bookish knowledge, I've never seen anyone like my batch or senior batch or junior batch, who have really done well by just studying.
0: Honestly, that does make sense. And after hearing you say that you did not do well initially in your academics, you did manage to turn the tide to your favor towards the end. So, who were the mentors or guides that helped you through this process?
1: Okay, so yeah, this is I think uh, quite interesting and an important turnaround that happened in life. Uh, so by the end of third year, uh, I, my grade point was uh, 6.12. And I had, like I mentioned already, nine re-exams and one practical bag. So it was a very difficult phase, as in I had to do something about it. If I hadn't done anything, then probably it would have gone into five years, six years, all of that loop. One of the most important persons whom, uh, in fact, you can relate to Richard pretty well is Professor Chatterjee. And he called me uh, to his cabin once, and this was just the end of uh, the third year and then he uh, sat with me and we had a very long discussion on you know uh, what marks means what a career means uh, uh, so for some reason you know he did see some talent in me he did see some very uh, interesting aspects in me because his subjects are the ones in which i always scored an E. and i think you would uh, definitely relate to it that his subjects are one of the most difficult subjects i anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so so then he made fun of, you know, me and all of that also happened. But in the end, uh, his subjects were the ones which I really did well, learned a lot uh, then. So then he gave me a copy of Bhagavad Gita at that time. And he said that, you know, start reading this, focus on your studies, because no matter what you do with respect to activities, you've already done enough. If you don't have good grades, uh, definitely there is always a benchmark which the industry looks at. And if you cannot show the industry that, yes, you do have that benchmark, then uh, definitely uh, you cannot really, uh, you know, uh, if you don't meet the minimum requirement, you c- cannot really do anything. right? So therefore, uh, he was like, no, you need to keep yourself a target. I kept myself a target of, you know, I want to reach CGPA of seven. And so then I really didn't do much in terms of activities and college then. I uh, stuck to my you know room and studied and meditated uh, went into lots of meditations and attended classes very sincerely and finally I ended up with a 6.95 So uh, that last year of engineering, I think, and the fact that, you know, that every day I used to read the Bhagavad Gita and try to find out some meaning as to what it really means, I think helped me. And in fact, some connection with Bhagavad Gita. So the same thing happened at uh, IMA also, wherein uh, that was a very conscious choice as in taking a subject called understanding Bhagavad Gita. And I got the same uh, Bhagavad Gita again, and I went through it. So the best part about it is uh, whenever you read it, right? So let's be clear that spirituality and religion are two different things. And my perspective here is uh, purely spiritual. So whenever you read these spiritual texts, whichever they are, you would always get a very different meaning out of it, you know? And these help you develop your thoughts further, you know, in a more positive way. You, You see the world in a very different way once you start reading them and start to find meaning in them. And I think so uh, that was a really turning point. And since then, I've never really looked behind. I, I, I don't think I've really ever uh, gone any below that ever in life again.
0: You know, like the mindset of the current generation or most of the current generation is like we won't do much of meditation or believe in the Bhagavad Gita or something like we are not very into such things. So what drove you to it? Or what did you learn exactly from it?
1: So if you ask me, like a, a professor like Chatterjee, who was such a hardcore person, always shouting, whether you are in the corridor, whether you are anywhere. And when you see a soft side of a person like that, and you know he gives you a book like that. Initially, I thought, what is this uh, religious, religious thing? You know? Like, We are all, as engineers, very rational. We try to find explanations. We try to find, uh, you know, uh, proofs to whatever we are doing. And if there is none, so for example, spirituality, there is no real, you know, math behind it. It's something that the more you get into it, the more better you get into it. And initially, I had the same apprehensions. I was like, yeah, what is this nonsense, you know? Why should I, uh, you know, I can study myself. I can get myself back to working hard, I can uh, be my best again. But why does this aspect really come into picture was something which was uh, a big mystery to me. And I think uh, my friends in college, they played a, a very important role. So they said that, you know, they were all from very different religions, very different backgrounds and everything. And then yet they said, you know, probably you should give this a try. We will help you. We will not disturb you. Do this. And after you start reading it, there's a natural draw towards it.
0: So, you just started it as a trial and you got more into it as you progressed.
1: Yeah. So, what happens with uh, these uh, spiritual interventions, any of them? So, for example, meditation is that once you start with it, once you start seeing benefit, right? You become more calmer, you become more, you know, you're no more angry at your situation or at anyone or uh, your situation, someone else uh, trying to, you know, let's say, play loud music, you're no more angry, you're more in your own world. And once you start seeing benefits uh, such as these and also a good health, I think then it's a very natural uh, flow of your own energy which takes you down your own journey.
0: And that seems like a really good life lesson that you just mentioned in one sentence.
1: (laughs) I I hope so.
0: (laughs) So um, coming back to engineering, all of us have everything that we do right now basically revolves around getting placed in the final year and you managed to bag three placement offers so how did you do it
1: yeah so uh, if you ask me how did i do it in fact even i don't know how i did it but then i think uh, one very important aspect i would say uh, i would uh, you know uh, tell you a very important experience of my life So uh, we were, uh, you know, very good friends with the core committee of, in fact, uh, most of our seniors and uh, the core committee of Access 9. And there was uh, Lord Mervyn Davies, who had come to Nagpur, to Ramdev Baba Engineering College. And these guys sent me and one of my other friends uh, saying, you know, uh, go talk to him, get him to VNIT. And then, so what happened is we saw his speech and it was so nice and he was talking about how Nagpur and Ramdev Baba and all of this can be really good opportunities for the UK government. And so when he was leaving, like there's all this protocol and everything, right? Uh, Lots of security and all. I just jumped through the security and I bumped into him. Okay. And then he's looking at me. He's like, what happened? (laughs) And uh, so then even I looked at him for a moment. I was stunned. I was like, okay, uh, what really happened? What am I doing here? And uh, I said, I want to talk to you. Uh, He said, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. And it's a very powerful statement. Okay. This one at that moment, I don't think I really realized but today, when I look back and I, you know, uh, see that statement, I think it was very important. And I'll tell you why uh, this uh, particular incident was important. So, like I told you, I did a lot of things in college, right? I did three internships. And one of them was uh, National Instruments never really took people uh, who had re-exams and all, okay? So, then I had gone to Chatterjee, sir, and then I told him, sir... Uh, yeah, so, uh, his favorite student, one of favorite students, Sharias, was taking interviews. And I told him, sir, uh, see, you know, I'm good with vibration engineering and uh, all of this. Uh, can you actually ask, you know, them to interview me? So, you know, from there... That moment, that fear of asking people really went away. And I asked and they interviewed me and they really liked me. And then they took me to Bangalore and had a really nice time at uh, NI. So, you know, how did it really happen? Along my journey at PNIT, I always included myself in activities. I did things so that I could learn, so, so that I could develop, whether it was internships, whether it was college festivals, whether it was... Uh, uh, participating in them or organizing them you know both of these aspects have a lot of importance mm-hmm. and both of them teach you something or the other for example uh, today you guys are doing college time and you know you are uh, uh, this is something so nice that you that we are able to connect to each other we are able to uh, you know talk to each other learn from each other this is important you know the, the point is this that you cannot just be into books And my first, so my first interview was with Thermax. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, Thermax is like a core, they uh, mean boilers and yeah. uh, heat exchangers and all of this. Yeah, so the funniest part is that uh, I had re exams in all the heat related subjects. Okay, like uh, uh, so, Thomre subject, Professor Thomre subject, heat transfer, uh, energy conversion. So, the thing was with energy conversion was that I actually wrote energy conversation on the <laughs> exam sheet. <laughs> <laughs> and Professor Boshanti did not check my paper. He said, I don't have to check the answer sheet. Check karu. <laughs> so that, that was one of the reasons for one of the re exams. And so, all the heat related subjects, okay, I had re. But when I went there for Thermax, they had some aptitude test which I cleared. And in that aptitude test, there was a section wherein uh, you had to write an essay. Okay, mm-hmm. And that essay was like, What do you want to be in your next life? And I wrote, I want to be a clay pot.
0: <laughs> okay. that is very vague and interesting.
1: <laughs> so, so, the interviewers were like perplexed. Okay, like uh, they so initially they asked me tech questions and all of that. They realized, yeah, this guy knows, you know, tech related stuff. Let's uh, go into behavioral. Questions and then they asked me, "Why do you really want to uh, be a clay pot in your next life?" This is like the most interesting answer we have. So we have interviewed more than 400 people in our lives, and this is the most interesting answer we've got from the same question. And so at that time, you know, I connected Bhagavad Gita and learnings from there to the particular values of uh, Theravaks, and then I, uh, you know, uh, told them that. Uh, what is it that really, uh, you know, why is it that I really want to be a clay pot in the next life? And of course, they were very happy, convinced. And uh, that is why I really got that job. And that was, I think, September uh, 2011. All the toppers. So this was one of the first companies which came and all the toppers, everyone had sat for this uh, company. Nobody made it through, but I made it through. And everybody's like, was, how did this really happen? Like your heat subjects, all of them, you failed. And today Thermax uh, picks you up. Like of all the companies, Thermax. <laughs> so it, it became like a really big joke in college. Okay, And uh, like, yeah, I mean, looking back, even today, I don't know how that happened. But of course, I guess there must have been something good.
0: I think we're out of the box thinking. Also, it is there in my mind. How did you relate Claypot? Can you please tell me?
1: so i don't really remember it pretty well today like uh, the thing about spirituality is it it changes with the age and time and probably uh, the same thing when you look at it from a different vantage point you would see different things right so at this moment of course i don't really remember what exactly uh, my answer was but i'm sure it must have been something very creative And so the next uh, thing that happened was uh, National Instruments and uh, National Instruments gave me a PPO, okay, a pre-placement offer. I had an interview with their MD and this was a very nice over 30 uh, minute interview on phone and then they gave me a pre-placement offer. And so I was really happy, excited. See, I have a, I have two jobs now. I have a dream job also. I have a normal job also. And I was like, you know, uh, hey, look at me. I'm so cool <laughs> type things. Then what happened is we went uh, back for winter break. We came back on 26th, December. And 27th was when Bharat Petroleum had come for recruitment. And so we had reached uh, by the train in the evening and then uh, on the notice board. So at that time, uh, we, we didn't have really digital things, right? So used to see the notice board. Uh, so b- beside TNP, there's a notice board where they used to put up all of these notices. So I don't know how it happens now. So do you still have a notice board?
0: I... I don't have any clue actually
1: no worries no worries so uh, so then i went to the notice board i saw and then uh, you know i was like yeah this is a public sector company and all my friends are also like yeah okay I I apply what goes right so then i put my name in the list which had to be done and then morning i woke up like pretty early read through some you know uh, internship projects and all of those reports and then uh, i went for the gd So the GD, like uh, the topic was, how useful is engineering studies for, you know, a job? A job like, uh, let's say, Bharat Petroleum, some question like that, okay? Uh, So Bharat Petroleum was recruiting for management trainees. And uh, everybody was talking uh, many things, okay? They were talking this, that, blah, 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 blah. And I did not speak anything. Uh, So I only spoke in the last minute. And wherein so what I really spoke was, and I told everyone is like, you know, whatever we learn, right, whether it's engineering, whether it's life skills, etc, etc, everything is useful in life, there is nothing which can really be not useful. And Therefore, uh, you know whatever journey that we've been through in the last four years is definitely lifelong, uh, enriching experience. And then, like every, there was nothing really uh, to add after this, right? Everyone went quiet, and the GD ended. And like I was pretty scared, like Eki line bola last minute me, uh, you know, and everyone was of course impressed by that line, but I wasn't sure, you know, like you don't really know, right? As a teenager, like what's really going to happen is just speaking one line enough. But it so happened that that one line was so powerful that it was enough, and they uh, caught me for you know called me for the interview. Interview went on and on and like it was I think some forty minute interview. It was really nice. I really loved the interview, and then finally I was selected into Bharat Petroleum also. So I had three jobs <laughs> even after you know all of this uh, jobs with three happened.
0: completely different and interesting stories to it.
1: Yeah, good good things do happen, you know. If you are willing to put in the effort, good things will happen.
0: So, why did you choose um, Bharat Petroleum?
1: So, Bharat Petroleum, I think uh, it was more of you know, it's a public sector company and. uh, job security, income security, this, that. And, and it's, it's something which is seen uh, as a very uh, societally very important thing, you know, that PSU has a very nice thing. So parents and relatives and everyone. So I think that was like a real uh, choice that, okay, to Public go to the public
0: What I have often heard is that a life at a PSU is a career stagnation. But you've had quite the ride. So how did you break that jinx of a complacent career choice?
1: (laughs) So uh, again, like, so one, I think, thread that you will see, which really changed in me since the final year of my uh, engineering, was that if each day of your life, you're not learning then definitely, you know, it's not worth it. But then this is something that I personally believe in and uh, you may or someone else may not believe in. And uh, so what happened is as a young engineer at Bharat Petroleum, I was sent to Haldia. Okay, Haldia is in West Bengal on the coast of river Hoodli. So, you know, as a young engineer, I was given a project which was of automation upgradation. And there's lots of unionism and this and that, you know, Uh, This is the exact place where 15 kilometers from this place was the place where uh, the uh, nano project of Tata had to be completely shifted. Okay. So I don't think anybody really believed that this boy from college could really go there and do anything, you know, all this upgradation of automation. They weren't really using any automation. It was uh, much of it was already there, but a lot of upgradation had to be done. And this was a project, which, this was my first project, which I was given at Bharat Petroleum. So then I went there and initially, like I had my own apprehensions, like how is this really going to happen? Okay, like people are already not using what is there, the basic level of automation and really what can be done. Okay, and the first thing that I did is try to enforce things. And once you try to enforce things, there is always, you know, it always backfires. Because if people don't buy into your idea, then definitely, you know, so uh, there were strikes and this and that. And uh, then like my boss and everybody were like, Are, aisa abhi mat karo. don't close the plant. See what uh, you can do differently. Think of it in a very different uh, scenario. So then I sat down with people and I asked them like the workmen and everyone, like, what is it that really is your apprehension? And in terms of apprehension, their apprehensions are very clear. They said this automation will take away our jobs. And that's when I realized that, you know, probably this is something which is not true. Or maybe we can make it a false statement, but how? And then with the help of my seniors and everybody, I think what we really did was very important. So all of these original equipment manufacturers used to come, right? Because it was an upgradation and new equipments were there. They had to install it and they had to put in. And yes, of course, there were maintenance contracts and all that, but it takes time for the OEM to come. So then what I thought is let's develop local knowledge. Let's develop these local people. And if you remove the operation part from them, and uh, put them into, let's say, a knowledge-based world. Then obviously, this shift, uh, now automation can run the operations and then you can do work on the maintenance, right? And so this is uh, a very, uh, very basic, simple idea that if, as I say it right now, but then at that time, it was completely a very different thought. But then uh, with all the OEMs, we did certification programs for workmen and everyone and they were very happy, their families were happy, the entire community, you know, actually benefited uh, with this upgradation of automation. And then finally, it started working. So two things over here were uh, in the initial phase of my working life were that, you know, one that wherever you are working, there is always a community. How much value can you add to that community? You know, and uh, the second aspect was, you know, so incidentally, we named our program, uh, nano so nano is called no automation no operation okay that means if you have not maintained your automation then you cannot operate using non uh, non automation uh, basis so everybody was so focused on ensuring that automation is always running so that nano and uh, compliance is always 100% so uh, the joke uh, that happened in the company was that you know Tata's nano failed uh, in the same location, whereas you know uh, Bharat Petroleum's nano
0: uh, is really working
1: pretty <laughs> well. So, so that that joke is still is there, and I, I mean uh, when I look back, it's it's a really funny thing, you know, very very incidental thing, but yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that, that uh, you know, the, the whole thing is that the more you think of a job as people and yourself also as a person, you know, even, even if it's a public sector company, you can still really uh, do a lot of things. So, after that, actually, uh, I came to aviation industry. So, in aviation, what happened is the biggest change that was happening is, so, you know, in India, there are three major oil companies, right? Bharat Petroleum, Indian Oil and Hindustan Petroleum right. And all of these companies own their own assets, okay, end-to-end, whether it's tankages, pipelines, uh, this, that, all of that. So, that's basically triplication of assets. And there was this uh, committee which was formed, the government said that uh, at the airports, we want to make air travel cheaper for uh, India. And they said that, yeah, this triplication is such a waste of money and it actually is. Like, if you can do with one tank, why do you have three different companies making three different tanks, right? they can all operate from a single location and then that that change uh, which was really happening i was put in there for first you know tendering and trying to win this contract through new strategies uh, second thing was once we won the tender and we were very happy excited one aspect which was the most difficult one was you know So let's say a company like Indian Oil, which is much bigger than you, which has been present in that location since last 40 years, you now have to take everything from them and tell them that boss, now your assets are our assets. Like, how do you really do that, right? (laughs) That that was such a difficult task and uh, I could have really, uh, you know, said, no, I don't want to do this. But I I would, you know, so your question about mentor, I think uh, one mentor I would definitely mention here mm somaya so uh, somaya has been like three time olympian and also a olympic gold medalist in hockey wow. okay so and he was my boss at that time i think that experience of working with him was marvelous so you know with with them at that time hockey was doing so well but then suddenly, uh, hockey started faltering, Indian hockey team. And he, you know, was part of the first team, uh, not the first team, so I think 1980 Olympics when they won uh, their gold and after that, India didn't really win gold. So then uh, twice, he was captain also of the team and he really brought them out of trouble. Okay, So then in this moment also, you know, he always used to tell me that uh, probably, you know, we could have got somebody else to do this but you are lucky that you have this opportunity very few people get such opportunities up front in life so early on you know to develop maturity of thought to uh, so uh, negotiate so deeply with people that you know have a win-win as in hey, you are going from here, you have to go from here, finally, you know, like Indian oil and uh, Hindustan petroleum and we will take over. So that uh, all of these negotiations and convincing them and everything that really happened, I think that was something which was quite unique to India. But yeah, I think I, because I involved myself a lot more, I think I got all of these uh, opportunities at Bharat
0: Petroleum that you have done and learned quite a lot of new and i'd say unique things at your journey through your job so why did you feel the need to switch to an mba from iim
1: <laughs> so i wasn't really thinking about it but then what really happened is uh, my boss and i we were writing a case okay and business case study on whatever we've done with respect to... So, these systems are called open access systems, wherein anybody can come and operate, anybody can come and, uh, you know, sell oil from. And we were writing a business case with professors from IM Calcutta and IM Embaman. And one of the professors said, you know, you have a very interesting profile and why don't you try an MBA? Okay. And then, of course, all the exams and all followed. And uh, even my boss, like, he was like, no, 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 you should really do this. Like, it's it's good for you. And so I think, uh, again, like a very, I think a very boring story. I, I finally went for MBA. <laughs> Nothing very exciting over there. <laughs> uh,
0: no, I don't find it boring at all. It, it happened. You got it at the right time. You knew what to do when to get the best out of your career.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it came at the right moment. I, I do uh, agree on that.
0: So, how was your life at the IIM? What do you think distinguishes it from the other programs in the country?
1: So, I'll tell you, I mean, of course, because I have not been to the other programs, I cannot really compare uh, different programs. But I can tell you about my own experience with IIM. I learned uh, three very important lessons, okay? One of them was, wherever you go, whenever you go, always, you know, come prepared. Now, come or go pivot. Now, what that means is, for example, if you're going for meetings, if you're going to a class, if you're going anywhere, if you've really done your preparation and then you go, it always helps because you know what you're doing in that particular moment. You can add value in that you know, situation or presentation or time. But let's say you just wake up one morning and you go to a meeting, then that's really a waste of your own time and everyone else's time because you probably may not really add much value. And then the meetings continue on and on. And you must have really uh, read this, you know, articles and all that people write, wherein they say that meetings are boring, that uh, it's a waste of time. Yes. And this is a, one of the biggest reasons why they are waste of time. So uh, I, the second learning that happened was that there are no wrong answers. Like, uh, as engineers, we are always looking for uh, a zero or a one. right. There's nothing in between, right? I, either it's white or black, no, nothing is green But the whole point, the way that IMA changes your perspective is that it teaches you that, I mean, of course, it was my own learning. I guess everybody takes away different learnings. Was that, that really there are no wrong answers, you know, you can uh, do so much. So, for example, my own journey, if you ask me, you know, could it have been different? I guess it could have been very different my whole VNIT journey and uh, career journey, if probably I wouldn't have uh, faltered. But if you can somebody else also do it, we don't know. I mean, I wouldn't tell anyone to do something like this. It's a very risky thing to do in life. You know, when when is when the time is right to study, study. When the time is right to uh, do extracurriculars, do it, right? Do everything the best you can. So th- that is something I learned that, you know, there are really no wrong answers, and so, finally, uh, the, last, the last lesson, which I think I learned at VNIT also and at IME was that you should be able to wear uh, different hats at different times. Okay. Now, you know, there are lots of uh, discussions and debates uh, that are around, you know, should you be a generalist or should you be a specialist? Of course, when we are doing our engineering, we want to be specialists, right? But what really happens is if you are not a specialist, then you cannot be a good generalist. That means that if you've not really done well, for example, if you don't know your own subject pretty well, then nobody's going to really take you very seriously. Nobody is going to give you leadership positions. So be good in whatever you're doing. Let's say extracurriculars, let's say studies, you should definitely do them well. And what happens is, uh, many times you will get opportunities, you know. So, uh, for example, somebody wants you to become head of something, okay, like let's say at college itself. Just say yes and do it. Probably you don't know anything about it today. But then if you wear that hat today, there's so much that you will really learn through that journey. So, I think these three are really important learnings and... Uh, Through this journey, what really happened is my uh, projects that I had done. So the first uh, individual project that I was working with uh, one of the professors there, we did on mindfulness. And if you can, uh, you know, uh, link back to my whole journey from final year of engineering about meditation and everything, that is where it started. And uh, so we published this. So it was well received by industry and then we published it in Economic Times. Yeah, so IMA is a campus which can give you access to anything that you want under the world. Our uh, group project that we were doing actually ended up into a startup. You know, so it was just a group project telling about the industry and how things could be made better. Finally, all the professors and all like, "Was well, this is a business idea. Why don't you guys actually work on it? You know, it could become into something important. And then all the resources and everything that are there on campus really helped. So, one thing that I uh, really value is VNIT in terms of resources, make use of them, whatever resources you have. And next, whenever you go for your education or your job or anything, make use of the resources that you
0: Two things. One, the three lessons that you learned, I think are really important and all of us have benefited a great deal just by listening to your experiences about those uh, learnings and second you said that your idea became a business so how did that go about were you always interested in it or was it just the iam culture or the resources you got that made it into a business (laughs)
1: <laughs> so I think it's, it's more to do with <clears throat> excellence on campus and resources that are on campus so frankly i never really wanted to get into internship and entrepreneurship i never really had that inclination or idea that you know i would do this something like this in uh, future but going there you suddenly realize that uh, you know the sky is the limit there is just so much that can be done in the world there is just there are just so many problems that you can solve for the world and your friends your colleagues your professors your alums uh, it's it's really a, a really uh, wonderful experience it's very humbling it's uh, very uh, you know within a short period of time it really matures you uh, in a big way.
0: So what future do you see for your company Gorge.co?
1: Okay so uh, Gorge.co.ing so we are specifically into beauty and personal care space so we are India's first social e-commerce platform. Okay, And uh, where do I see Gorge going uh, from here is that the thing about platform business, for example, uh, Facebook is a platform, right? And it became more important is because there are more users who find value through it. So if I'm there, my friends are there, everybody wants to connect together, they see a value into it and then it becomes bigger and bigger. The same way we are working on making Gorge bigger and bigger through this feeling of community. And specifically, the community relates to each other because of their problems and associations with beauty. So, for example, let's say uh, people are balding, right? So, it's not something which is specific to a single person. A lot of people would face so for example let's say if you have an acne problem but uh, there are not many people that you would discuss it with right? right but if you could actually find an ecosystem where you can discuss these problems find uh, you know your own solutions i think uh, you would always really like that platform right and th- that is really what we are developing at watch today
0: so and a place where people connect over the similar issues that they are currently facing
1: yes that's true
0: that's great now taking just a slight step back what was your exchange semester at harvard like
1: oh wow <laughs> okay <laughs> this i think so uh, our education in india right we when we go through that typical indian experience and when i mean uh, typical indian experience it means ki padhai karo padhai karo bas padhai karo okay <laughs> But then when I was in the 12th, mein, then NIT, IIT joined, like, nice as- I was in the MBA, I was in the I was in the MBA, I the MBA, I was in the MBA, I was in the MBA, I was in the the I was in the MBA, the was and uh, so we had 88 people from 46 different countries. Oh, wow. Just imagine. <laughs> so everybody was so different, okay? Like, everybody was different. And uh, everybody had... And and this was uh, leadership, like, uh, a very qualitative topic. Everybody has a very different perspective on everything, right? But how how does the classroom work together? How does a group work together? So, uh, three important things again from there, and I think this is by design that Harvard teaches or they make you go through. So, one of the first things that they uh, make you go through is gender uh, studies, okay? Uh, what that means is, for example, somebody can be a male and they can identify themselves as a female. Uh, so, for example, trans, uh, transgenders and etc, uh, etc. Et so, they open up your mind with respect to genders, Okay, and so probably culturally and socially in India, we are still not that developed.
0: Yeah.
1: But, you know, when you go to Western countries, this is very important. Uh, so, for example, let's say if somebody is called Richa, may not really, uh, so uh, why Richa? Let's say take a name like, so you know of uh, any name where, uh, you know, it's very difficult to uh, identify whether somebody is a male or a female.
0: Kiran, maybe.
1: Kiran. Yeah, Kiran. So, for example, Kiran. You don't know, right, that this person is a male or a female.
0: Exactly. But the whole,
1: yeah, but the whole uh, appreciation of the fact that this can be a situation and being aware of it, that is what they teach you. I mean, they, uh, so you go through that entire process and then you learn it, uh, you know, and then you realize that, hey, the world is so diverse. The second uh, one that they teach you is how a global world works. So, for example, let's say if a German is loud, it does not mean that uh, he or she is actually shouting at you. Right. You know, it, it's just the way that they speak. So, for example, if an Italian sounds harsh to you, but uh, the whole point is that you've never seen an Italian in your life and that is how they really speak right? So that global exposure opens up your mind to the world that, that there is just so much that is there in this world. And the third thing that they always uh, put you through in terms of trainings is on uh, sexual harassment, you know, understanding boundaries and working with them. So if you are a male working with a female, if you're a female working with male, and what does it mean? So every group, Uh, has a male female and uh, every other gender right but then how do you uh, how can you be self-aware that your activity should not cause harm to them in 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 any way you know so that is something that they teach and uh, it's it's really important for anyone uh, who joins any specific let's say multinational for uh, this specific aspect to really be known so, this is not really the third aspect. This is a part of the first aspect. The third aspect is on plagiarism. Now, uh, you are from mechanical, right? So, uh, it's a known fact that many people, really, only one person makes their machine drawing drawings and then everybody else is copying from them. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, yes. for example, assignments. <laughs> I remember I've written assignments for seniors in VR IT. <laughs> all of these things happen we know right and in the US and specifically in Howard, they teach you what plagiarism really means you know what copying means and it's a very serious offense even in India even in our universities it's a very serious offense but we are not made aware of it so there they want originality of idea they want everyone to write all of their assignments on their own and when you do that your mind really starts working and functioning in different ways you read different books you try to research on your own and it really helps so for example my own final year project right i worked with professor uh, ashwin doble Uh, he was my project guide Uh, so uh, we were working on active suspension systems then uh, the other two guys were like, why uh, group leader na hai. why do you, you want to do so much, let's just pick up something and then replicate it and do it. I was like, no, I'm not a person like that. And then, uh, so Professor Dhogle was also like, yeah, this is a good idea, can you actually make it happen? And uh, we finally did make it happen, it was, we published it into a research paper. And so, at that time, active suspensions uh, were more of, you know, like, cars which are expensive, have them. But now, it's also, it's becoming a mainframe technology in cars today. And so, our paper gets a lot of views on ResearchGate today for some reason. Like, it's, it's got a really good research ranking uh, now. And I think, so, one of the lessons from there, you know, uh, because we are at it, I'll also give you a lesson which I learned very recently is patience, you know, uh, be patient. This research, we never really thought that it would become important to the world, to the academic world, to the industry. Uh, But it's been what, 2012 to 2020, uh, so many years it's taken the paper, but suddenly the world sees it as important, right? So be patient, do whatever you have to whatever is necessary things will definitely
0: happen um, you learned a lot you broadened your actually broadened your mind in terms of the society in, in uh, and globally so um, i think coming to the end we have heard a lot about your experience and the learnings you got throughout your journey at vnit iim and harvard but what do you feel is the best career brew from for all the people who are listening to you right now
1: (laughs) so i uh if you are listening to me very carefully uh my learning number two at ima was there are no wrong answers right (laughs) (laughs) so so, frankly what i would say is uh, one learn whatever opportunities you get learn 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 OK, uh, whether it's academics, whether it's and I'm, I'm actually very proud that uh, your entire team at uh, college time is doing this. Uh, I'm proud of you guys because you're actually, you know, when we were there back then in college, even we had these questions, we had these apprehension, appreh, uh, apprehensions. That, you know, how do we connect to a senior? Yeah. How do we really reach out to them? And like one of the points that I mentioned is, uh, you know, uh, if you don't ask, you don't get. Right? Mm. And at that time, uh, we didn't really understand the importance of this. In fact, I never understood the importance of it. And I didn't have a platform like this. Right. So, uh, so this is just one activity within, uh, you know, the college boundaries. There's just so much uh, that one can do right? And there's just so many clubs, It's just uh, so much to learn. So, what I would say is when it comes to academics, take it seriously uh, because there is always a minimum uh, benchmark which you have to meet. Uh, second is uh, develop yourself uh, holistically, uh, develop yourself, your personality through doing uh, many things that you can do, you know. And now many things does not mean that you try to put your feet into 100 things and then you can't even do uh, two or three things better. So whatever you are most passionate about, do it. Definitely that will uh, take you along your own journey and everybody has their own different journey.
0: Thank you so much Varun. The thing that uh, if you don't ask, you will never get, I think is what stuck with me most throughout this conversation. it was really great talking to you and thank you so much for uh, sharing your experience with us hope you had a great time
1: yeah richa i'm really glad that you know you guys gave me this opportunity to uh, have a conversation with you as i said in the beginning too i hope really it's you know uh, it was it is helpful to you guys And lastly, before I go, so uh, this is based on my conversations with uh, professors and a lot of my friends who recruit from VNIT. What I would say is learn to articulate ideas very well. So, for example, if you have 100 things to say, if you can tell them in one sentence or two sentence, if you have good communication skills, I think these are some things that we should really work on on campus. Because many of us, you know, come from very different backgrounds. Not all of us come from places like Delhi and Mumbai. And so today's world is changing rapidly and they want leaders, not just, let's say, uh, specialists who just know uh, their tech world pretty well. So uh, my last message would definitely be this. Work on uh, communication skills. Work on, you know, maybe writing, maybe uh, anything to... Get your ideas outside better, whether it's with your friends, whether it's with professors, with uh, anybody, you know, and yeah, all the best to your team at College Time.
0: Thank you so much. We'll keep this in mind and hope we can work on it and make a better improvement for ourselves and everybody. Thank you so much.